May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. No doubt these are very comforting words, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, this isn't magical thinking. This is actually Christian hope, a tradition of miracles, God working through us to create what has not come before. Today, I think of the vaccine for COVID-19, skill, work, dedication, and above all, inspiration. All of that makes miracles. But what about Mary? This is, a, this is a miracle that is unlike any miracles. Mary, think about it. An angel appears to her. She's a young woman, most likely a teenager. She is unmarried to, to have a baby out of wedlock. That's gonna mean an angry, shouting crowd, possibly stoning her to death. The angel says she will bear a son, the one whose kingdom will have no end. In other words, the Messiah who will save her people. Would that also mean this baby could be a threat to the emperor, the king? Sure, don't be afraid, Mary. But what does Mary do? Despite the strange logistics of this birth, the potential for treason, the fear of having to explain her pregnancy to her family, to Joseph, the community, Mary says, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Here am I. Here am I. When God calls, the response is, here am I. Abraham says it. Moses says it. Jacob says it. They all say it. They say, here am I, when they encounter God and when God calls upon them. Now we have Mary. Here am I. It is a statement of trust, and Mary trusts the creator precisely because God is the creator, and most importantly, not a creator who has it out for us. Even though it seems like Mary's predicament sounds like a bad and complicated setup, she trusts. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, says that some say that God is one whose purposes we can't fathom, whose agenda is hidden from us, a completely alien intelligence, remote and transcendent. And that the sad truth is that a great deal of religion gives that impression, that we can only appeal to God when we don't understand something and are encouraged to think about that vast gulf between God and us. He says we have to grow out of that kind of thinking and that bad religion is about not trusting God. It's about trying to avoid God or even outwitting him, about approaching God as the management or the head teacher, a presence that is at best critical or hostile, always to be outmaneuvered where possible. But that is not how Mary reacts in this gospel. She doesn't try to outmaneuver God. She will be intimately involved, trusting and courageous as she encounters an imminent God, a God who works in the world and 
And that's exactly what the incarnation is about, God working in the world. So God doesn't have a personal agenda, but God does have an agenda for humanity. And that agenda, says Rowan Williams, is reconciliation and peace. And God reveals how God will accomplish this. And that is through Jesus. Now somehow Mary senses this truth in all that the angel Gabriel tells her. And she says, here am I. These are three of the most powerful words we can say when we are unsure, when we are scared, when we are called to do the right thing, but maybe we don't know how or we're lacking courage. Here am I. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I will show up and I will be your servant, God. Let it be with me according to your word. None of us knows how we will get through this next year. Maybe we don't even know how we're going to get through next week. But maybe this is the year, this is the time where we simply say, God, here am I. Whatever happens, no matter the end result. This is where we will find peace on earth. In the here am I. Saying here am I, even though it will be hard, is what makes Mary exceptional. Throughout the Bible, God calls on ordinary people all the time. And they're exceptional not by skills or riches. They aren't specialists in the fields of religion or social justice or speech making. They're just ordinary people who simply say, here am I. Leaving themselves open to the power from the Most High to guide them with the ultimate goal and agenda being peace for all the peoples on earth. This agenda, according to Paul in his letter to the Romans today was a mystery, once kept secret for long ages, but it's now disclosed and through the prophet, prophetic writings, it is made known to all the Gentiles according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. This mystery is the revelation that is Jesus who will bring about the obedience of faith. Now remember, obedience is not achieved by force or by slavery, by punishment or by wrath. Obedience, as it is used and deciphered by the original Greek in the Bible, means to listen. Our faith requires us to listen to God, to not be afraid of what you're being told. As the angel Gabriel says to Mary, do not be afraid. It's as if the angel is saying, you know, you won't be able to hear. You won't be able to decipher the truth if you don't listen to what I'm saying to you with an open heart and not a closed heart of fear. That's obedience. We are all being guided toward hope today, guided toward Christmas, to fear not, which is also what the angels will say to the shepherds who will make their way to the manger, fear not. There is a wonderful film that comes out around Christmas time and it's called, it's a foreign film and it's called in the French, Joyeux Noël or Merry Christmas. And it's based on a true event that happened during the First World War. 
This event is sometimes called the Christmas Truce or the Miracle of 1914. And it happened early on into the war, early on in a war that eventually went on for years and killed 20 million soldiers and civilians around the world. When Germans, French, and Scots were hunkered down in the bitter cold of their trenches, death and destruction all around them with only what was called no man's land between them, which was an area where if you ventured out of your trench into this space, you would be shot on the spot. Well, on Christmas Eve 1914, for some reason the Germans placed candles in their trenches and in the trees and they celebrated Christmas Eve by singing Christmas carols. Soon the Scots followed singing their Christmas carols. Christmas greetings were shouted back and forth. Soon men were crossing over no man's lands, land to each other and gifts were exchanged, tobacco, alcohol, buttons, food, souvenirs. And there was an informal Christmas truce. Later, there were joint burial services uh, for the fallen because all artillery fire had stopped and they were able to collect their dead and bury them properly. There were even soccer games. Some could still hear fighting happening in the distance. And eventually, the fighting there began again. One soldier wrote, I remember the silence, the eerie sound of silence. Only the guards were on duty and we all went outside the farm buildings and just stood listening. And of course, thinking of people back home, all I'd heard for two months in the trenches was the hissing and the cracking and the whining of bullets and flight machine gun fire and distant German voices. But there was a dead silence that morning right across the land as far as you could see. And we shouted Merry Christmas, even though nobody felt merry. The silence ended early in the afternoon and the killing started again. It was a short peace in a terrible war. A short peace in a terrible war. Hmm. The agenda of God is to bring about reconciliation through Jesus. And it was seen just in a short instance in this long and dreadful war, in this truce, the possibility of recognizing the common denominator in our humanity, love, friendship, joy, respect for others. They had it for a moment, but how horrible to go from peace and joy to shooting and killing and maiming all over again. Some were chastised for this informal truce. A priest was reprimanded for holding a Christmas mass and was told that he was to preach to the troops about killing the other side and wiping them out for the survival of humanity. These young men were exceptional because they said, here am I, Lord, when they burst out in Christmas carols in the middle of a battle scene. They said, here am I, when they chose to see the humanity, even for an, a moment in the enemy. In the here am I, they found peace and joy and a taste of the fullness of life that God promises through Jesus. Unfortunately, it didn't last. The war raged on for years, killing 20 million and injuring another 20 million. How the world will and can be different if only we can simply say, here am I to the most high. 
and let the here am I last. Through the difficult and tragedy, and even through logistics we can't even fathom, God's spirit finds a way to birth new life. We say yes to this, and we say here am I to this, for nothing is impossible with God. Amen.